Welcome to the Seven Resolutions Podcast, a podcast that debunks self-help and turns to God for real transformation power. With Carl Clausen and Jeremy Slager, you're going to discover the seven key resolutions that make life transformation possible. Now, today's episode is going to take direct aim at one of the most destructive myths of our generation, self-help. Now, I can sense reading from your book, Carl, and talking to you that you have some pretty strong words for the system of self-help. Is it too much to say that you hate self-help? That's, that's, I, what I hate is the word self in self-help. <laughs> yeah. Because I know how hopelessly impotent I am in mm-hmm. myself. Um, you know, what's interesting is, Jeremy, there's some phenomenal truisms in self-help material. Mm. Uh, time redemption, um, focus, mm-hmm. uh, b- creating systems that are healthy. You know, you look at James Clear's book, uh, Atomic Habits. I mm. mean, that's it's got some phenomenal content. But I was talking with someone here just, just today before we started this podcast, and uh, they had read a very famous self-help book. And they said, you know what's funny? Uh, said, you, I'm discovering what you discovered. You can have the greatest self-help systems, but if mm-hmm. it's up to self to get them done, they're always going to come up lame. Mm-hmm. So I think we can chase self-help till the cows come home. But the truth is, as in Christ, we got to pitch that. Mm. The, the greatest danger in the Christian life is to work in your own strength to do what only God can do, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. I think I heard a pastor once say the most dangerous thing is religiosity, where you actually make it, where you f- start to feel like you can get there yourself. Yeah, and and the and the real misnomer is you think you actually do, because mm-hmm. re- religiosity done in your strength never lands at the abundant promises of God. God will not be mocked. He's not going to give you, he's not going to throw you even crumbs if you get there in your strength. So where you've landed is a fake destination because it won't get you there. I'm reminded of Galatians uh, chapter three and chapter five. Uh, I mean, he, I think chapter three says verse one, if I'm not mistaken, foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you. Mm-hmm. And then you get into Galatians five and he he challenges them, why are you working out in the flesh what was begun in the spirit? Mm. And here's the point. What, what he means is this faith journey begins in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And what Paul was saying is, why are you doing in your own power what only God has the power to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, he indicts them. He calls it bewitching. Yeah. So I think you titled this to hell with self-help. <laughs> Yes. Well, it's it's from hell, according yeah. to Paul. So we better send it back there. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? It is. Why do you think it's such a temptation that after receiving the gift of grace, we then try and work out sanctification in our own flesh? I think there's a spiritual war afoot to get us doing it. That's why it's been bewitched. I think Satan wants to get us living independent of God. Look at Jesus' temptation in the Mm -hmm. wilderness. Mm -hmm. 
He asked him to take shortcuts. He asked him to go for celebrity. Um, he he tempted him with things that uh, he tempted him with power. I think those are the big three: celebrity, power, and shortcuts. Mm. And the shortcut was the first one. Man, you're hungry, aren't you? Turn this rock into bread, here, man. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the deal. The temptation is going to be from Satan. And the habit that we have, according to the flesh, that's just the Greek word sarks, which means all those things in our life apart from the embodying power of God within us. Mm. So there's a lot in our flesh from old tapes, old habits, and all that that we just default back to. Right. I owe, I owe, so off to church I go. In other words, it's all me, my strength, my help that I can give myself. And the, and the mm-hmm. problem is it's totally and completely unfruitful. Mm. In fact, it's interesting. Galatians five goes on to compare deeds of the flesh and fruit of the spirit. So this self-help flesh living monster that you try to get into and that the dominant, when I say that the, it's the dominant prevailing Action, not the view of the church in America. Most people would say it's the grace of God. It's got to be his grace. It can't be your power, but we live Mm -hmm. like it's up to us. Mm. In Colossians 1, verse 29, Paul writes, For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works in me. His energy. Yeah, that verse is such a mind bender because it's like Paul is struggling. So it's like there's clearly effort on his Paul, on his part he's not just saying that like letting go and letting god of like i'm doing nothing and i'm gonna wait for god to just magically change me right he's struggling there yes but he's not struggling in his own flesh this is this verse is the the quintessential verse on god's sovereignty and Mm. human responsibility Mm -hmm. but we got to remember he is struggling with the power that God has put within him. Right. The problem is many, many, many Christians today are struggling in their own power, mm. and they wonder why they're powerless. Mm. Now, this this may be a, a delicate question to ask and probably difficult to answer, but I find sometimes there's a little bit of comfort in self-help because if I fail— I know, okay, I can blame myself. I can blame myself. Like, I just need to try harder. I need to get a better, I need to fix the broken system. It's like, I've got somebody to blame, but there's a little bit of nervousness when I'm fully stepping into God's power of like, what happens when I sin? What happens when I still come up short? Is it, is it just a lack of faith in God then? Or how do you how do you wrestle with responsibility of sin in that moment yeah that's that's a very good question and that's quite philosophical i need to tell you that if if i've ever god has never failed me hmm. i'm going to be that bold god has never failed me when i understand that when i'm in step with god i may head through hard times but they will never be failure in the Mm. sense you may go through challenges, you go through trials, but you can go through trials and never fail, Mm. ever fail, Mm -hmm. never fail. 
but you can never fail if you're tapping into the power of God. You may get busted in the chops. You may die. Mm -hmm. You may get sawn in two. Mm -hmm. And look at the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews. Those guys were walking with God. That's why they're in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. But some of them got stoned to death. Mm. So things may not go well. I think there's another problem is we interpret blessing as ease. That isn't Mm. always the case. But God's power and blessing has never failed me. So I think a a problem is is that people sometimes attribute their failure to somehow, uh uh-oh, God's not doing very well in me. Mm. But in reality, if you if you really do a post mortem on a failure, you're going to always find a person failing, never mm-hmm. the heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting philosophical question. Yeah, because self help is there's there's helpful things in there, like you were mentioning, Big like time. learning habits and systems. There's a a universal truth that people are tapping into. No question. But they're they're missing would you say that it's like the end goal of help or they're missing even the means to The to answer to yourself? that one is yes. Both. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. missing they're missing the beauty of the end, I think, a little bit in that uh what we're aiming for. We'll take financial uh take um Take some principles of finance, for instance, Mm -hmm. compounded interest. There are a lot of people who are reinvesting the the resources that they have Mm -hmm. in shrewd, wise, with many counselors. Mm -hmm. Those are all biblical principles. Mm -hmm. Guess what? And they're making bank. Mm -hmm. I mean bank. But they never claim the name of God. Mm. So are there ways to live out certain principles in the, from the Word of God and, and benefit from them? Yeah. But can you take hold of God's greater promises to use those resources so that you can be a steward of all that God has given you and the joy of stewarding that? I met with a guy recently, and I just asked him for a, a spiritual project that I'm a part of. I said, hey, uh, could you... But pony up, it's hard for me to ask here. This is a guy of uber wealth. And he says, all right, well, I'm going to get started small, but I'm jumping in. And I'm going to jump in with 15K. And I'm like, small? That's <laughs> starting small? Uh-huh. And, but it was for him. But here's the point. He went on to say, because I said, oh, it's tough for me to to ask you for this. He says, never find it tough to ask because... Everything I'm given toward, I'm given toward the Lord. He's called me to be a steward, and I love it. Now, this guy's been entrusted with a lot of money from God, mm-hmm. but he's he's getting the full reward of that money, of seeing it re-leveraged. But, but some of these guys that use the biblical principles to amass their wealth never find the God that fulfills the one who gave them their wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've we've seen from this conversation that self-help is one of the biggest enemies to true God's power transformation. It is. Now, I wonder, as we talk about our transformation moment for you, is there a moment in your life that you realized that you had moved on from self-help and you were truly living in God's power? It's momentary. Mm -hmm. I wish I could tell you I had a stretch run of two blocks or two weeks. (laughs) Um, I think I'm, and I mean this in all sincerity, Jeremy, Mm. 
I'm living more frequently in the power of God. Mm. But I have a choice right now here while I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. I can live in my strength or I can live in dependence on God, mm. even to, for the answers that I'm giving right mm. now. I can be mindful of, Lord, position me under your mighty hand because I really do know that the best blessings in this world come from not self-aggrandizement. We're talking about my philosophies, but really sharing God. Mm-hmm. And that what's really cool is I'm seeing that more and more in my life. Mm-hmm. Living in and under the grace of God, not just for saving faith, but also for training faith. That's what Titus 2, 11 and 12 says. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest discipline you can do. Living postured in humility and abiding relationship with Jesus that says, work through me, Lord, work through me. Mm-hmm. So have I strung together two days like that? No. No, I'm being yeah. serious. Yeah. But have I strung together months where the majority of my days are like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in any given day, I'll toggle back to the flesh for a second in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm in a conversation with a group of people, and I'll go from utter dependence on God to a moment of mindless self-reliance, and then, boom, swing right back again. Mm-hmm. If we're honest, that's how fluid life is. Yeah. Now let's move over to the God's power habit. What is one habit that our listeners could start today that will wean them off the drug of self-help and start trusting in God's power? And before you answer, I was wanting to offer one of my own as I was thinking about this. Let's hear it. And it's very counterintuitive, but I think the habit is to do nothing for five minutes to accomplish nothing, to succeed at nothing, to just be still in the presence of God. And know that he is God, maybe? Right. Because I, when I'm thinking about that, I'm like, if you can start your day maybe with five minutes, you learn God is in control. He is the one that is working and moving. And kind of get off of the hamster wheel of constantly having to be productive, to move, to change. It's like starting to form your opinions and ideas around what God wants for us. I, I, I'll tell you what, I could come up with a number of them, but that's a good one to camp on. Being still and knowing that he's God. Those that wait upon the Lord, they will be renewed in strength. Hmm. Uh, Acts 1. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Hmm. And they waited. And then when Pentecost came, look out. We don't do enough waiting. No, we don't. We don't do enough waiting. Mm-hmm. We want to listen to a podcast, and hopefully that'll fix us. So, I mean, the truth is uh, the best gift you could give yourself in this moment is to wait mm. and to be still and know that he is God. There's something about silence that's dynamite. So I'll double down with you on yours. Yours was great. And that's going to be what the next episode is is going to be centered around, of learning how to separate ourselves out from an information overload. So as we're trying to lay the foundation for putting these seven resolutions into practice, we need to have humility. We need to 
debunk the myth of self-help. And then I think we need to learn to pull out from this overwhelming culture of information and learn to focus on what is truly right and good and beautiful. So I hope you guys are going to join us next time for episode three, where we talk about the information overload.